Passing the Mic, the VC exchange, influencing social change for women in venture capital and for female entrepreneurs. Real stories, insider knowledge, unlocking the power of diversity. With host Neil Dempsey, managing general partner of Bay Partners, ranked as a top 100 venture capitalist on the Forbes Midas list. Today, we talk with angel investor, venture capitalist, entrepreneur, IT technology and management strategy consultant, Melly Chow. In today's discussion, can overqualification be a downfall? Tips for females entering the investing landscape and firms who embrace diversity and female leadership. Melly is a product innovation executive with 20 plus years of experience across multiple industries, including telecommunications and cable, utilities and power generation, banking, healthcare, government, and food. She is currently a venture partner at Archangel, Axion Fund, and the executive director of competitive product research and strategic insights at a leading global telecom media company. Melly holds a BS in mechanical engineering from the University of Waterloo and an MBA from Kellogg at Northwestern and the Schulich School of Business at York University. She is currently pursuing her executive leadership and management certification from MIT Sloan. Melly resides in Philadelphia, but will always call Canada home. Today, we're happy to welcome Millie Chow to the podcast. Hi, Millie, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to our conversation today. Tell us about your journey and how you got into investing. Happy to talk about how I all got started. I heard about it initially through my MBA, and I knew I personally needed to diversify my portfolio. And it was a means to apply my sweat equity and participate in the upside, coming from a consulting background as a means to kind of amplify the time spent and for potential for more high growth and impact. But having said that, it was really tough kind of embarking on this sort of mid-career transition from IT tech and management consulting into venture capital post-MBA. Um, it was nearly impossible, very, very difficult. But I started with basically having a million coffees with anybody who would talk to me as a venture capitalist or angel investor. And through those learnings, I basically learned that you know most of the VC journeys that I had heard about was unintended or serendipitous because there are more people, talented, aspiring individuals who want to get in than there are actual jobs in you know the number of firms available. But nonetheless, I applied for many different positions, got interviews, right? And you know, just kind of heard no, like I was either too senior, overqualified, my salary expectations were off, like all of these things um, when it comes to transitioning. But you know, through my charge in study and learnings, which is um, something I did about five or seven years ago now, and talking with women who had in, in the C-suite and broken the glass ceiling in their male-dominated industries. I mean, one of the things I learned from, from doing that and, and those studies is that, you know, you have to be seen doing what you love 
and then the sort of position or the job or the title or the opportunity will follow. And so that, that was kind of what I had to find, like, where is it that I can get started? So I leveraged my access through my alumni network, so Northwestern, and I got started as an LP, so a legitimate partner on Purple Arch Ventures, so part of their investment committee and board. And so, you know, learned how to do co-investments, you know, alongside the GPs. And now I'm a venture partner on Archangel, a angel investment fund as part of Axion, uh, one of four sub funds. And our fund is close to a $20 million Canadian fund. We focus on seed stage startups with strong research-based data-driven IP at the core. And we also, within our portfolio, try to invest in female entrepreneurs. So two of the companies, for example, as part of our portfolio is uh, Radialis, a med tech company, Another one is Tidal Medical, also a, a med tech company. So we realized that it's important to invest in women and help other women such as myself find a way in, in terms of uh, that next opportunity um, and growth opportunity into the industry. So this is basically a part-time position. That's right. It's more of a board sort of advisory role that I do alongside my day job in competitive strategy and research, product research. I have a saying often, you are what you tolerate. And I feel as women, we're typically more risk adverse and we feel luck is less in our favor and we tend to be more fiscally responsible. And so I'll give you an example that I had um, as a food tech startup founder with the Revolving Kitchen many years ago now. We were bootstrapped because we wanted to avoid raising. Like we were risk averse and we didn't want to raise. We wanted to kind of avoid, you know, the rejection and that hard daunting task ahead of you, right? I think it's the fear of rejection. It's the feeling of constant failure. You're constantly underachieving. That is really, really tough. And so, you know, looking back, that's probably my deepest regret is that we didn't raise because the Revolving Kitchen was a cloud kitchen before that category became really, really large. And it came down to, I think, just lack of confidence in our ability, in our you know ability to raise, ability to manage projection and that feeling of constant failure, right? And to kind of dive in and ask for help and ask for funding. At the time, it felt like the right choice, just kind of where I was at in my career. But you shouldn't quit after your first hard no. We had pitched to uh, a Dragon's Den serial entrepreneur, and he just didn't, it didn't resonate with him, our idea, right? And it was a hard rejection at the time for us personally. And so had we just kept going and found the right VC or angel investor, I think like that would have served us better and, you know, find the right advice as well. And the people who really believe in your idea because that's um, ultimately, I think, something that, you know, comes down to your personal confidence level as well. Like you have to be very, very bullish on your idea and confident that, you know, you are the one to take it forward. Absolutely. So this was a while ago, right? 
So this was back in 2018, so way pre-pandemic. Essentially, we were a full sort of female team. So both are co-founders. I think a little more diversity in the co-founding team helps, right? If you're a tech company, you should definitely have a CTO that is deep into development and developing your platform, right? And I think just diversity in, from all respects are really important for the founding team. So I think there were a few headwinds that kind of prevented us from raising. And I think it was the right choice for us at the time. But like, I think food tech is also a really tough category in that margins are just razor thin, right? Definitely want to find a category that, you know, has really large potential and growth potential, right? Where consumers have a willingness to pay and margins are favorable, right? So I think we, the number of tailwinds against us, I mean, that's kind of why we chose to like quit when we did and not continue. What are some of your current challenges and the challenges other women face in venture capital? So the other thing I learned is when you ask for money, you get advice. And when you ask for advice, you get money. And so your network is your net worth. So social capital matters, particularly in the investment industry where you're trying to find where trust is based on track record and is sort of the key currency. So I think mentorship and sponsorship is really, really important. Like surrounding yourself with the people that know the industry well, can help you see blind spots and with things that, you know, you're personally uncomfortable with by putting together your own personal board of directors that really challenge you to kind of see things differently. And I was able to do this and was really fortunate in my telecommunication days through a company called um, WCT, so Women in Communication and Technology, where my previous boss, who was a person of color, and he basically said to me, Melly, you're at the stage in your career where you need to find yourself a female executive mentor, because I can't help you with some of the problems you're going to face. And working at the time, a small boutique consulting firm, you know, with six executives and employees, um, like, how do you, how do you do that? Right. Because when I looked up, there was nobody that was another female executive to, you know, take me on as a sponsor of a mentor. So that's when I sought out an external company called Women in Communications and Technology and Association. And they had just launched their protege program where they were matching high potential executives with um, you know, female leaders trying to get to the next level. And so with the C-suite leaders, based on my boss's recommendation. And at the time it felt really uncomfortable because I was kind of I mixed up the message. I was like, is he telling me he doesn't want to mentor me anymore and he doesn't have time for me? But in fact, he's actually trying to coach me to get more support because you know mentorship matters and people that can kind of empathize and understand the problems that I was about to face. So I got matched with Vonda Vickers, um, who has been amazing. And over the last five to seven years, she also pointed out to me that, you know, going to do my MBA might be something that I needed to broaden out 
my perspective, my management experience and skill set, and just to be ready for that next big opportunity, even if it's not right there in front of me right now. And so, yeah, by doing my MBA, that's kind of how I uncovered venture capital as an asset class that I knew I really wanted to get involved in and an industry that I thought that I could bring a lot of my strengths and skill sets and experience to. Well, it sounds like you're on track and learning about the business while working full-time. I've noticed it is a challenge bringing diversity of gender and ethnicity to senior positions at VC firms. Because honestly, it's a small number of people and they don't move around much. Any ideas on a solution for that? Yeah, that's definitely a tough problem to solve. I think it requires sort of a tipping point to happen and we need to accelerate it through broadening opportunities and growing the pie by offering more internships, apprenticeships, entry points to engage and learn the industry. For example, I was also able to become a fellow as part of alumni venture group early on as well to kind of learn the operational aspect of a fund. Like what are all the backend things that need to be done in addition to you know, due diligence valuation and uh, deal sourcing, right? So I think apprenticeships are always really necessary to help kind of broaden the opportunity set. I would also encourage firms to incent senior positions to make room for higher potential career progression and growth opportunities to pull others up and along. I think it's also really important for us to continue to have conversations like this, like talk openly and freely and educate leaders on bias, self-awareness, and be open to corrective action and making hard decisions to correct for toxic behaviors. So I think all of these things are really, really important to do and to help grow the industry and to make room um, for women like ourselves who want to get in. How do we implement programs to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion, better known as DEI? Yeah, that's definitely another tough question. I think when it comes to Axion and Archangel, we see diversity as a core to who we are and how we do things. In our investment committee, we look to engage women, minority and typically includes someone who has voted against the investment as part of our due diligence and selection process. We also, our mission as a fund that is promoting and commercializing IP generated in Canadian universities, we want to help accelerate globally scale companies with great homegrown IP to help them cross that chasm. The majority of our GPs and venture partners on our fund are all immigrants and are persons of color. Like I said, we're a diverse group at our core. We also look to collaborate with many uh, Southern Ontario incubators and accelerators on supporting their female-led entrepreneurs, both for mentorship and investment considerations. We also work with tech transfer offices across Canadian universities and work with many innovators with a range of backgrounds. And we also just ensure we spend enough time with companies, founders to get to know them 
and avoid our own personal biases and prejudice. We also set up a lot of check and balances as part of our own due diligence and governance structure. And then we have also identified and supported standing up a sister sub fund under Archangel called Phoenix Fire. And they're specifically focused on investing in Canadian female entrepreneurs in early stage as well. And they have over uh, 20 LPs and this is their inaugural year raising, but they're about just about to announce their first deal later this month or early next month. But yeah, we're really proud of our sister fund, uh, Phoenix Fire. Melly, that firm is doing great work for the entire venture capital industry. So for entrepreneurs trying to start companies, keep in mind Phoenix Fire and Archangel. This is exactly what we are looking for to make real change in our industry for people of color and for women. That is a big winner. Exactly. We're really proud of the fund. So what kind of challenges have you had in past interviews that might be an obstacle to entering a VC firm? About five years ago, when I was kind of going down the path of looking to enter the industry for that sort of mid-career transition, you know, the challenges were I was overqualified. I was too senior for the positions available based on my current experience in the in venture. And then it was just, they just didn't see my skill sets translating the way I did. And I think having those million coffees, finding that fit is so critical, but also finding a way to break the chicken and the egg cycle, right? You want to be seen doing the work while building your track record, right? Um, but how do you find that opportunity while, while you're doing that? So for me, it happened to be Purple Arch Ventures and Alumni Venture Group that helped kind of bridge the opportunities. I think you also have to embody and demonstrate that you can. So like the fact that I continue to do this and, and continuing to explore and find that journey and that path forward, I think is important for women that look like me in the industry because you want to be able to look up and see that it's possible. Like it's a signal that this is something that can, can work for you. And then when all else fails, maybe it's about taking that non-obvious path and carving your own path. And for me, it wasn't a, a traditional path forward into venture at all. It was a fairly winding route. And, you know, the story is still not finished yet. And so I think taking that non-obvious path is really important. And when the traditional path doesn't feel right or, you know, doesn't work for you, then find an alternate and forge your own way. Those are such valuable points for people to keep in mind. I'm so glad you took the time to figure this out and move forward when times got tough. In my humble opinion, women should really look to you as an inspiration. So good on you for finding your way in. Yeah, it's going to take hard work, but I think perseverance, grit, it's all part of the industry. And like you said, keep at it. Eventually, you'll find a way in. Eventually, you'll find the right fit. And if all else fails, like I said, take the non-obvious path and find your own journey ahead. This was a great session today. 
such great input for getting women involved in investing and venture capital. Your information and experience is really valuable to our audience. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. Subscribe. Subscribe, comment, and share our show. Passing the mic, the VC exchange. Visit neildempsey.com to connect. neildempsey.com to connect. Mixed at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.